Welcome to this week's podcast from Terelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to terelgancitychurch.com or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. It's really great to be with you this morning. And this morning we're going to come around God's Word And so let's just start off with a prayer, shall we? So, Lord, we ask for your blessing upon us this morning as we listen to your word. And I pray, Lord, that those who are listening will be encouraged and strengthened through your word, which never returns void. So just be with us this morning, we ask. Give me the words to express what you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well... One of my favourite walks with my dog, Rosie, and I know I speak about her a bit, but she's so cute, is alongside the railway track between Lydiard Road and McNairn Road in Trelgan. But I must admit, I give that walk a miss during winter because it becomes so muddy along there, which I found out last winter when I slipped and ended up covered in mud. I even took photos of myself. It was hilarious. And so last week we decided, right, it hasn't been raining for a while, let's just go and have a look at that track. Because it's a bit like walking in the bush, just with lots of rubbish around. And so as we approached, I was really surprised to see that someone had been bogged. Now, it was a mess. There were these great big ruts in the road Then you could see all the mud spread everywhere where the car is skidded and tried to get out. And then further along, it was where they'd attempted to get traction and they'd put an assortment of bits and pieces in the ruts to get out. There was wood, there was even material, uh, there was rocks and it was um, really interesting to look at, at this assortment. And so I wonder... Have you ever been bogged? It's just as well, actually, I'm speaking to you on a recording because I know you'd all have your hands up wanting to share about being bogged. But can I suggest that we amuse ourselves after church during Zoom and share some of those stories? Now, of course, being a pastor, I'm always on the lookout for spiritual lessons in my daily experiences. And so this started me thinking about the deeper meaning of being bogged. We've all heard and I'm sure we've experienced being bogged down. So I decided to look up Google because it has all the answers. And this is what it says. It's to cause something to become stuck or delayed so that no progress is made. For example, if you're bogged down at work, anyone experienced that? And you have too much to do and probably need help to complete everything. I actually thought of Pastor Megan doing the audit when I I read that. And another word for being bogged down is to be overwhelmed, which I am sure we have all experienced. People get bogged down in life's experiences. And we are witnessing that and experiencing it ourselves during these challenging times. We can get stuck in those ruts and we can desperately try to get out of them, can't we? 
And I know last week when Pastor Megan said, it's how you respond in those times. Uh, Pastor Megan called them valleys or ruts or bogs. It's how we respond in these times. Now, are we going to just throw our hands up in the air and say it's unfair and, and do a little hissy fit? Are we going to get angry and, and angry at people and angry at the situation? Are we going to just remove ourselves from everybody and do it on our own? There's lots of ways we can respond, and I think I've tried most of those. But I can tell you, they don't work. You don't get any answers. There's no peace. There's no resolution. And as believers, we really do know the answer, don't we? It's just that sometimes we can be a bit slow at responding the way we should. And, of course, that is the call upon the name of the Lord, isn't it? But in our times of vulnerability, what happens, well, I've found what happens, is that the enemy, whom we know is is the father of all lies, he'll start, he enjoys mind games with God's people. And when we're struggling, we're real targets. And so he finds traction by speaking all sorts of lies into us. Oh, nobody cares. You may as well give up. You're a loser. Whatever it is. I'm not going to say too many because I might make you too negative. But there's all these things that go on in our minds and we feel so isolated. And, um, and so it's a, it can be a difficult time, but then it clicks, doesn't it? Then it clicks about what's happening. And the words that come to me are these. Jesus tells us that he came that we may have and we may enjoy life and have it in abundance for to be full and overflowing with his joy and with his life in John 10.10. And that's what we've got to take hold of, people, when we're in that bog, when we're down in the dumps, overwhelmed by life's curveballs, we mustn't withdraw and curl up into a little ball. No, we must make a decision here. We must make that decision to fight back, to stand on God's promises and press into our God rather than moving away from our God. Because we know he's faithful. We know his promises are yes and amen. He is trustworthy. He is good. He is compassionate. He will never, ever leave us or forsake us. He is our creator God. He is our sovereign God. He is our saviour God. And we must declare these truths and take ownership of them, for we are God's children. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 2 to 3, it says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My rock, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my saviour. Now, in Old Testament references, God is not just described as a rock. He is the rock with a capital R. The Israelites understood that God was not just one source of strength and protection. He was their only strength. He was their only hope and he was their only refuge. 
and we can stay the same because our God never changes. And in Psalm 18, verses 1 to 2, this is how David praised God. He praised him because he was his stronghold, his deliverer and his protector. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. And the wonderful truth, as I said, is that God never changes. He remains the same. He is our only strength, our only hope, and our only refuge. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. In the parable of the wise and the foolish builders, Jesus taught of the importance of establishing our lives on him, the rock. Now, I'm taking this scripture from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, and I'm using the message because it's a bit more modern and it's a bit more different than we're possibly used to reading. My teachings to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on if you work these words into your life. You are then a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded. You're getting the, we've been there, haven't we? Rain pours down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies, and don't work it into your life, you're like a foolish carpenter. Well, actually, I changed the word there because in this translation they said a stupid carpenter, and I thought, gee, that's a bit rough. So a foolish carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. We know... We have bogs in our life. We know that there's times of difficulty and that's what Jesus was talking about. And he was saying that we need to listen to his teachings and apply them to our lives. And then we are like a house with a strong foundation. But those who ignore him and choose to live life their own way are like those who build the house on the sand, the shifting, unstable sand. When the storms of life come, as we know they do, the foundation crumbles and with it, the house. Without a firm foundation of Jesus Christ, our rock, when we become bogged, life does become a quagmire. And in Psalm 40, verse 2, David declared this about God. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. We are standing on the firm foundation of the rock who is Jesus Christ. So no matter how slippery it feels, when you're struggling, know this that there is 
the firm foundation of the rock of Jesus Christ. God will always lift us up out of the mud and the mire of life. And if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I want to assure you this morning that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's scriptural. That's truth. God loves you. He died for you. And when you reach out to him, he will take your hand and he will lift you out of your place of hopelessness and despair into a place of immeasurable joy, peace and hope. So even if you don't really know God, do it. Call upon him and he has promised that he will save those who call upon his name. Those who know that they are loved, forgiven and redeemed know that their lives are anchored to a solid, unshakable foundation in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 43, 2 says, God made this promise here. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You may feel like they will, but they will not. And Psalm 23, which brings great comfort to people in their distress, it says in verse 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, God. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In our most difficult times, our good shepherd is with us. His rod speaks of how he is our strength and our protection. And his staff speaks of how he will guide us with loving kindness, keeping us from danger and keeping us close to him. In fact, we are never alone in the tough times and in the good times. And Pastor Megan so eloquently explained last week, when we are down in the valleys or up on the hills of life, our God is with us. The Old Testament prophet Elijah knew all about hills and valleys. He knew all about mud and being bogged. We read in 1 Kings First, chapters 18 and 19, about his spiritual victories and then his plummet into the bog. He had two great spiritual victories and you can read about them in chapter 18, verses 16 to 45. He defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount, sorry, on Mount Carmel and there was also the answered prayer for rain, victories. He was on a spiritual high. He was doing great. And then Elijah came crashing down into the mud, into that valley of fear, depression and exhaustion when the wicked Queen Jezebel threatened his life. She vowed to kill him. And it was in this bog that God came to Elijah. Now, Elijah was in a desperate place. He actually wanted to die. He couldn't see any purpose on going on anymore. He had really plummeted. And God came to him in his time of desperation and he led him out of that depression 
he strengthened and refreshed Elijah. And he called him aside. And in that time that he had with God, where he drew back into God's presence, he knew that he had a calling upon his life. And he went back and continued his mission as a prophet for Israel. Yes, we will have those tough times. Yes, we will cry out in desperation. But our God is always with us. And he will lift us out of that miry mud. He'll put us on our feet and he'll say, come on, you'll be right. We'll walk together and we'll get through this. And I tell you what, when you get on the other side, it's fantastic. Now, before Jesus returned to heaven, he comforted his disciples with these words in John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also live. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We are never alone, even though sometimes we may feel that way. For the Holy Spirit is always with us. In fact, he lives within us and walks with us through life's ups and downs. He is our constant companion, our guide, our comforter, our strength, our teacher. He is all things to us. He's known as the paraclete. Until Jesus returns for us, the Holy Spirit will, will walk with us through life, which is only temporary. For our permanent home is in heaven, where God has gone to prepare a place for us and is coming back to receive us to him. Yes, we are only temporary residents in this world. We're known as aliens and strangers. You can read that in 1 Peter chapter 2, 11. We're travelling through this world for our permanent home is in heaven. And so I want to encourage you this morning to have eternal eyes being less and less nearsighted, consumed by the struggles of this world, those bogs that we get into them, into, and become more and more far-sighted, filled with the hope in our loving God. We need to take our eyes off the mud and the mire and focus on our rock, Jesus. 
And Paul said, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. 2 Corinthians 4.18. And as I finish up here, I just want to read to you this description of eternal eyes. And you'll find it in Hebrews, in Hebrews 11, verses 13 to 16. And in this chapter 11, it's speaking about our patriarchs, those who have gone before us and of their faith. These heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised them, but they saw beyond the horizon the fulfilment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belonged to another realm. Their hearts were fixed on what was greater, that is, the heavenly realm. So because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city for them. God has prepared a heavenly city for us. People of faith recognise that they're not fully at home in this world. They live like strangers or aliens because in faith we look forward to a better heavenly life. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit who is our guarantee of the inheritance that Jesus promised us and we are heaven bound. This hope that we have for the future gives us encouragement to live life in the present knowing that God is always at work, knowing that God is fulfilling his purposes in us and all those things that he has purposed. So when our lives feel shaky and our world feels shaky around us, let us turn our eyes to God, the eternal rock. Yes, during this life, we will experience highs and we will experience lows. We will experience soaring mountaintop experiences and mucky, muddy bog times. As we put our trust and hope in our God, we will come out the other side with a deeper faith, love and determination to run the race set before us, bringing glory and praise to our God our rock. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And let us join the Apostle Paul in saying this, I have fought my good fight. I have finished the race. Can't you wait to say that? It'll be great. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Yes, there are bogs. But our God is in that bog with us. He is our rock. He's our firm foundation and he lifts us out of that bog. We might have to go through a bit of bogginess, but we will always get through to the other side. So never, ever take your eyes off what is the truth. Never take your eyes off what is in the future. Always have eternal eyes 
always keep your eyes focused on your God and know that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always with you, no matter what you're going through. So I'm just going to close up this morning with a prayer, a blessing upon each person. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are so faithful, that you are our rock, our strength, our protector, our stronghold. You are our all. And that we can walk through this life, this temporary home that we have, knowing that you are walking with us, knowing that you are within us, knowing that we are coming to you when our time here is complete. So I ask for your blessing upon each person here. If any are struggling, Lord, I ask that you would flood them with your presence, with your comfort, with your strength, that they would see you, Lord God, in their darkness, that you would flood them with your light. So I ask for your blessing. I ask for your protection. And Lord, that the words that have been spoken this morning will go deep into your people's hearts and souls to lift them up, Lord, and encourage them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, people of God. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. For more information about TCC, check out TerrelganCityChurch.com.